There, over in the corner, in the dark. Is it me, or does it look like something's there? Up in the sky, it just went into that cloud. I could swear that something's there. Behind that tree, yes, that one, a figure. Something large, I can feel it. Something's there. Greetings, and welcome to the Something's There podcast. My name is Dave, and I am your host. If you have had an unexplainable experience with the unknown and would like to share your story, call our hotline at 856-335-5689 and record your experience. Or, if you prefer, you can record your own audio and email the clip to somethingstherepodcast at gmail.com. You can also email a text version of your story. Regardless of which method you choose, I'll share your story on an upcoming episode. So last week I shared an odd experience I had while working at Belboa Naval Hospital. And at the end of that episode, I mentioned that if I didn't have any listener-submitted stories to share by the time this episode was recorded, I would share another experience I had right around the same time. But whereas last week's story was freaky, I believe this week's story to be a little scarier, a little darker. But before I launch into my experience, I first wanted to let you know about two books that I recently finished reading. Both of them happen to deal with a topic that's a particular favorite of mine, Bigfoot. The first book is called In the Valley of the Noble Beyond by John Zada. This is arguably the most elegantly written book about Sasquatch, or the search for it, that I have ever read. The words flow off the page, grab you by the hand, and lead you deep into the forests of British Columbia. While reading it, I felt like I was there, right by John's side, as he navigated his way through the lush forests and interacted with an incredible array of interesting people. Whether you believe in Bigfoot or not, this book is a spellbinding read that I highly recommend. The second book I read comes from Shannon Legro, the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Into the Fray, and G. Michael Hopp, titled Beyond the Fray, Bigfoot. This book details a variety of experiences told by the individuals themselves. Some are taken from Shannon's popular podcast, while others are new additions. The thing I love about this book is that each story is told by the person who experienced it. Some stories, well, they are interesting, but some, if not most, are downright terrifying. There's even a couple of dogman encounters shared in this book that are truly blood-chilling. Now, the encounters shared in this book are so detailed and have impacted the individual so completely that I don't know how anyone can argue with the authenticity of these experiences. If you want to read either of these books, and I highly recommend that you do, I'll leave links in the show notes where you can pick them up. Now, on to the experience I wanted to share with you this week. Like last week's experience, This one also takes place in 1989. During my time in the Navy, I had the pleasure of playing bass guitar in a garage band of sorts. 
We were a three-piece band, and we played every chance we could. And we even had an old used four-track recorder that we used to record some of our music. In late 1989, one of my bandmates, who I'll call Sam, was discharged from active duty and moved to Palm Springs. With me in San Diego and Sam in Palm Springs, it put our hopes and dreams of actually making something out of our band on hold. In fact, we even fell out of touch for a while. Then, one day Sam reached out to me to see if I wanted to come up to Palm Springs and rehearse. As fate would have it, I was coming up on a three-day weekend, and one of my co-workers, who happened to be from Palm Springs, was heading back that way home for the weekend to see her family, so the stage was set. I caught a ride with my co-worker and made it to Sam's house, which he rented. In his home, the entire living room was void of furniture, and the space was filled with amplifiers, drums, guitars, and recording equipment. Off the living room was a small kitchen, and off of that was the dining room, which wound up serving as a makeshift living room. We wrote and played music the entire weekend, and we were having a really good time. That was until Sunday night. It was very late in the evening, and we were all exhausted after a long weekend of practicing. There were six people in the home, although only three of us were in the band. We were all sitting in the dining room slash living room. Now, being Palm Springs, it was unbearably hot with no air conditioning in this house. And all we had to keep us cool was a meager circulating fan. At some point, Sam picked up a notepad and started writing. I thought maybe he had a lyric he wanted to get down on paper before he forgot it. But I noticed he wasn't looking at the notepad. He was writing something, but not looking at what he was writing. And his face had a faraway look to it. His mouth was drooped open. Soon, his writing turned more vigorous, and the temperature in the room turned chilly. Faster, he wrote, and I noticed something else. The circulating fan was also starting to speed up, despite nobody changing the speed setting. Soon, the fan blades were roaring, but as fast as they were going, they weren't the cause for the sudden drop in temperature. Suddenly, Sam stopped writing and stabbed the pen's tip into the notepad as if he was violently putting a period on his work. At this same moment, the circulating fan blew apart, the front grill flying off and pieces of plastic fan blades scattering through the room. Luckily, Nobody was seriously hurt, but we were all deeply shaken by what happened. As quickly as it had come, the chill was replaced again by the cloying heat and humidity, and Sam's face returned to normal. He looked down at the notepad in his hands with an expression that said he didn't know how it got there. Then, all color left his face as he saw what he wrote. At first it seemed illegible, just a bunch of chicken scratch. But upon further inspection, we soon discovered what it was Sam had written. Somehow, without ever looking at the paper, Sam had written the Lord's Prayer, but in complete reverse. Even the letters 
were reversed. But each and every one was accounted for, and every word spelled properly. As you can imagine, sleep was very hard to come by that night, and the next day we were all still in a state of shock. Eventually, I was told by our drummer that earlier in that day, Sam supposedly tried doing dark magic to try and help our band succeed. After seeing what I saw that night, I left Palm Springs that very day, and the band. I wanted no part of it. I never spoke to Sam again, but others have kept me updated on his life. Since that night, Sam's life turned dramatically toward the negative. He has had a number of run-ins with the law, and he's currently serving time for one particular terrible deed. Whatever he called upon, with the hopes of bringing success to his life, brought him nothing but pain and negativity. So that brings this week's show to its end. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's program, please share it on social media or give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast listening app. Every share and review helps others find our show, and we greatly appreciate that. Don't forget, if you had an experience that you want to share, give the Something's There Encounter Line a call at 856-335-5689 or send an audio file or text email to somethingstherepodcast at gmail.com. Have a good night.